Hey, everybody, and thank you so much for tuning in to My Sentiments Exactly podcast. My name is Kay, and I'm your host. Today's special guests are Don and Gina Grothoff. Don and Gina have a passion for helping parents overcome their child's behavior and anxiety issues without medication. Now more than ever, the world is dealing with ever-growing issues of anger, bullying, abuse, and anxiety, and parents are desperate for non-medical alternatives. Don and Gina are co-owners of Focused Healthy Family and Family OCD in Charlotte, North Carolina. They are here for parents wherever they are to bring peace to the home. Having three wonderful kids, two dogs, and three cats, they understand parents' situations and are ready to help. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Don and Gina, I am so excited to have you as guests for My Sentiments Exactly podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for inviting us and Yes, we're glad to be here. (laughs) Absolutely. So today we're talking about um, your experience and journey raising children um, with OCD and anxiety um, disorders. So thank you so much again for for joining me and being willing to um, advocate and share your story. I'm hoping that other parents um, and even children that have experienced these similar issues that maybe are older now, Mm -hmm. um, that they can gather something from this episode. So thank you again. And I'll give you Um, the opportunity to share your story, but we're going to start out with a conversation starter. So it'll be a random question and you will answer it. Okay, (laughs) let's see. Okay. Okay, this is interesting. Do you find more fulfillment in building a legacy or leaving a legacy? Why? (laughs) Kind of think about that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I think for myself, I feel like I, I, the leaving it because I've been thinking a lot about you know mm-hmm. what we're what we're leaving for our kids in in the world alone, let mm-hmm. alone what we're leaving them. And so it for me, I I, I want to have a legacy that uh, that's better than what it is now. I think as far as yeah world or or, or myself, but. The, yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, what we're doing right now, hopefully, is building a legacy of mm-hmm. teaching parents new ways of communicating to improve dynamics in families to deal with anxiety issues. Um, so I, I guess in order to leave a legacy, don't you need to build it? I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of a chicken or egg kind of question, I think. In a way. Yeah. Um, when I actually was coming up with that question, I was thinking, you know, along the lines of, you know, it's really a fine line. Um, but some people, when they think of legacy is so far out that it's not anything really active that they're thinking about from day to day. Um, so really more so, you know, is it something that you are actively, you know, doing or actively thinking about um, as you're preparing or is it like, you know, later on, you know, I'll leave a legacy kind of that, um, like passive type thing is, is the notion behind, you know, that question. You know, I don't think... We've, you know, at least myself, I don't think mm-hmm. I've thought of it as, never thought of it as a legacy. It was just what I, what I was going to leave my kids or what I was yeah. going to, you know, yeah. do for my, for our, for ourselves, for our family mm-hmm. and stuff is for where sure. I thought about it, you know, more than, uh, legacy sounds so big. It sounds, I know exactly. And I think that's why sometimes it, it seems so far off. You don't realize the little things that you're doing every day. 
um, are building that legacy. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, in order to leave one, you have to build one. Um, so thank you so much for answering that. Yeah, it's an interesting. I, I just kind of went off of, you know, some some of the questions that I just, you know, kind of think about. And um, so so thanks for being open to that. That's just how my brain works. So <laughs> it made it to the deck. Um, so we're going to get right into the episode. Um, and I want to give you the opportunity to share your journey and to raise awareness um, for these issues and to help um, parents who may go in who may be going through similar experiences. Mm -hmm. So can you just start off um, just by sharing um, your journey? Okay. Do you want to <laughs> be the leader in that? Um, <laughs> we have three children. Um, mm -hmm. So when our oldest was, how old was he? <laughs> when Abby? 12. Our middle child was eight and our youngest would have been a year old. Um, our eight-year-old, who was a carefree, easygoing kid, slow, <laughs> um, had a she had a sudden behavior change. She was okay. She had been, been fearful over things um, and just would have fits of rage and just it kind of came felt like it came out of nowhere. Okay. Um, and when we looked back on things, we could see small signs of a. Uh, these, you know, the anxiety creeping up and um, the obsessive mm -hmm. thoughts and the compulsions, uh, the ritual compulsions of for her uh, hand washing started. Yeah, with that. Uh, okay. Showering, you know, she would spend sometimes two, three hours washing hands. Uh, wow. <laughs> at one at one point, she took it took four hours to take a shower. Um, wow. Plus, she. We had so many nights of um, violence, anger, where she she would just rage and it would go off the charts. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she would be screaming and yelling, running around, trying to break things and somewhat uh, trying to hurt some of us, you know, trying to kick mm -hmm. her. She unfortunately, her old the oldest of our kids was one that took a lot of abuse from her. Um, OK. But it was um, like she would try to block him to go spending time with his friends and just, you know, she'd get angry, okay. not, you know, beating him up in any way, but just taking things out emotionally on him. Well, she did have a few times. I, I can remember he used to get a little jumpy around her because she would uh, like swing out at him. Oh, okay. Time she'd walk into his room while he was at his desk and that he didn't see her coming and she'd pop him. She, she would <laughs> pop him from the behind the, behind the head, you know, and. So he got a little bit jittery around. around yeah, uh, it was. Um, I, t I tend to say it was kind of our journey through hell a little bit. It was. It was a really mm -hmm. tough, tough time for us, and it it went on for. Well, I guess it's it, well, you know, the, probably two years, like at least, as far as the really, really tough stuff. Well, no, because then we'd been seeing a therapist, and things were getting better. And then at the end of her tenth year, at her eleventh birthday, it got worse like she wow. got stuck and fearful that she was staying on the couch not touching anything not touching her dog um living in fear using plastic utensils to eat one time you know she didn't want us touching anything she had fears of contamination and it went to the as far as she had a big fear around smoking and so maybe somebody smoked and they touched our fence. Well, then if we touched the fence, we were contaminated. Gotcha. <laughs> I mean, it was just. Well, there was a chain. I mean, it was like 
with library books. She, you know, you, it was almost, yeah. it may sound weird, but it was like, well, there could have been somebody who knew somebody who lived down the street for somebody who that touched the same book. And, and all that big chain led to, then we were contam contaminated. Got you. Got so it's, you. you know, it's really an irrational fear. It could be a rational fear taken to an irrational level or, you know, an irrational fear. And it's just, um, well, like she, she had, um, used to take the toilet paper and unravel it and you would walk into the bathroom and you'd find this stack of toilet paper in the trash. And I, I you know, at the time I could, she wouldn't explain what it was later on. She told mm -hmm. me her belief was that, uh, and understand we had our bathrooms are second floor. So we okay. have, a, and she believed that somebody came into the bathroom through the window, through a screened locked window on the second floor okay. and, and poisoned the toilet paper. And so she'd have to unravel it thinking she got rid of all the poison. Yeah. Just and that happened wow. quite a few, quite, quite a bit. So we're dealing, I mean, our youngest is one when this first started. <laughs> mm -hmm. She's growing up in the midst of all this. We're trying to help our 12-year-old. We're, you know, homeschooling. I'd been homeschooling since the oldest was school age, um, trying to navigate this. Um, and, and it wasn't easy. I'm an occupational I can't school. even imagine. And so I'm aware of mental health illnesses and things. And we had a friend suggest when it was just the overhand washing and it hadn't blown to this point, but, you know, before she was eight. Um, who suggested to me, you know, this could be OCD because she actually suffers from it. And when I, okay, having the professional background I do, when she said that, my mind went to, that's someone oh, who's yeah. obsessive. It's not yeah. And it, that's not, yeah. you know, she yeah. doesn't worry about things. She doesn't expect things neat and organized. And I, you know, I kind of wish, you know, yeah. looking back on it, wish we had gotten help sooner because it took us a while once things were bad, okay. it was obvious what it was, but um, mm -hmm. it was a difficult journey of trying all different kinds of things and changing her diet and going mm -hmm. to naturopathic physicians and, and trying all kinds of things. Um, yeah. All the while trying to, <laughs> trying to raise our kids and, and survive and everything you know. else. <laughs> well, your, your life, yeah. your life, our life kind of closed up. And I, I, I think this is, I, I, from all the other people we've helped and worked with or are known, they say the same kind of thing. When it's this bad, your life kind of folds up. You know, you, mm -hmm. you, you go to work if you can, you sleep mm -hmm. if you can, if you can, you eat. And that's about yeah. you, you just, the basic functions are all, you know, friends go away, extracurricular activities go away you know mm -hmm. she was a dance she like she was a dancer you know yeah, she liked she had been dancing girl scouts she was four years old yeah so she had a period of i don't know how many months where she didn't go to girl scouts when it wasn't until things got really bad when she was 11 she was fearful of going to dance and then she never went back again um, oh okay now she said she's 19 almost 19 now and she said recently mm -hmm. she, she had you know stuck with dance and uh okay yeah, that's that's a lot. And speaking of just your reaction to um, being told it might be OCD, what were some of the misconceptions maybe that you had um, mm -hmm. or since you've gone through this journey, um, misconceptions, misconceptions or stereotypes that you've just seen, whether it's just from society in general um, or just that maybe you encountered personally? Well, that to me, that's a big one. And now that I'm yeah. here, I'm always... 
advocating and educating <laughs> sure. people because people use OCD as an adjective. They they basically use it yeah. someone who's yeah. annual, someone who needs things organized and neat. Yeah. And um, it's not that at all. Okay. <laughs> you know, hers was concerned around contamination, but there's people who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder and has nothing to do with contamination. Um, Got you. I okay. read a story about a gentleman who was fearful he ran over someone. And so he would stop like every five minutes and get out of the car and check. Wow. I mean, the fears really can be They're all, all over the place. different types of fears. I know early on, remember asking her therapist about support groups, you know, and they said, well, they have a hard time creating that because most of the people in the group look at someone else's <laughs> compulsions and be like, mm -hmm. hey, what are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> Even each person, you know, with obsessive compulsive disorder, they know what they're doing is crazy. They, they know it doesn't make any sense, but, you know, it's their brain is telling them in order to prevent something bad from happening, you've got to do this compulsion. Yeah, so, they, they, um, they, they don't, a lot of times I know, even with myself, mm -hmm. to, you don't understand what's going, you don't know what's going on up here. And in the fact that it, there's thoughts just racing through and looping and looping, sure. and looping you know. And the tough part for myself was understanding, and, and like I said, Gina's always was the good one to teach me this about compassion. <laughs> you know, when, when it first happened for me, I mean, the first time it happened, she she had what we think is pandas, which is the sudden onset, even even though there were clues before. There was mm -hmm. one night where it, it just like a light switch came on. And, of course, you know, I'd, I didn't handle that well. You know, I'm sure, yeah. Um, what do you mean you can't touch the floor? Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's the problem? You just touch it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah and then a week, about a week or so later, I was in her room. That that the first night, we kind of thought, well, you know, she probably just didn't feel well. You know, we we didn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. We didn't know what it was, but about a week later, I don't know, a week or so later, and it was like ten thirty, eleven o'clock at night. I walked into her room and my my pants leg brushed against her sheets of her bed and she went ballistic and she demanded that everything be cleaned or yeah. destroyed that she destroyed. had to wow. that we had to get the Clorox out and we had to clean the entire everything in the room you know well 11 wow. o'clock night I was like see if there's no not -uh. <laughs> yeah you know and that just led to about a four-hour process of arguing and battle she went into the bathroom and and destroy just water and soap all over the place and yelling and screaming. It was just, it was a nightmare, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it was a matter of starting to understand that my response or our response uh, mm -hmm. be different. We had to approach it. So yeah. you couldn't rationalize with it. You know, yeah. she's in that flight. Mm -hmm. It's basically you're stuck in fight or flight. Her brain is like, gotcha. Tigers are chasing me. Someone's pointing a gun to my head. I mean, they just can't think rationally. They're just in this place of total fear and panic. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, you can't try to reason with them or convince them yeah. in any way that their fear is, you know, not rational. Um, mm -hmm. You really have to understand. And I know initially we didn't want to label, you know, we don't like labels. We don't want to put a label For on sure. But with this, it's like, you know, I realized... You know, you have this disorder. This is not you. Mm -hmm. And it really helped yeah. to label it and to go to the professionals who described what it was. And other kids are dealing with this, too. It's actually a pretty mm -hmm. common disorder, um, despite mm -hmm. the misunderstanding out there. Um, well, and Gina helped me to kind of, in what I now call compassionate coach, 
uh, is to is to have compassion with it. You know, be uh -huh. firm. We had to be firm, but we had to also have yeah. And, and she would often remind me, you know, behind that zombie or that little, she was kind of a beast at times. That that our daughter was in there. That you uh -huh. know, our loving, caring daughter was inside that. Uh -huh. And that you know, we had to remember that part of it as we approached this, and not just you know blaster you know because it wanted mm -hmm. work and two that wasn't the way we wanted to do it right right yeah for sure so what advice would you offer um of course you know compassion um could you offer like uh just you don't have to give an exact example um but maybe just for someone who is more practical um in their learning and it's like i need like an example of how to find that balance between being firm but also i'm um, having compassion what would you tell them um well i mean when you have a child with a obsessive compulsive disorder it's important to understand it the ocd foundation website gives you information and resources we found her therapist that way you really need someone who understands it and um the treatment for it, um, exposure response therapy, ERP, um, prevent exposure response prevention. Um, you're exposing the child to the fear in a gradual oh, okay. way, and they sit with it and not do the compulsion to retrain the brain that knows something terrible isn't going to happen. Um, and the key mm. doing that without getting angry. Yeah. <laughs> Uh -huh. You have to have an outlet for yourself, you know, go scream into a pillow and then come back. Yeah. It's, you know, then they feel really defeated. They're already beating themselves up. Their self-esteem is affected and realizing, okay, this is her brain stuck in this loop. We can present the information, uh -huh. we give her the guidelines. You know, when things got really bad, she was actually stuck in the house. Like she couldn't sit in the car. She was too fearful to step in the car. Um, okay. And we had a therapist come out to the house and talked about, you know, we had, because it had gotten that bad, we had to lay down some guidelines, you know, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, you need to follow these. And we stated it simply and she would flare up and we just had to um, find yeah. a way to keep our cool with it. Um, and that was, the, that's, that's always been the hardest thing to do. I mean, it's a hard thing to do. I'm sure. Not take things personally, not to. For sure. Yeah. Um, when she, you know, she, I hate to say it, but she used to, scream at me you're not my father you know mm -hmm. as i was trying to hold her back from hitting me or you know and you mm had -hmm. yeah, to, to not take that personally yeah tough. um yeah i'm sure if you can if you you know if you can get into your mind that that's ocd that's mm -hmm. my daughter and that's yeah. a, that's coming from the ocd side of it it almost makes it like it's a you know while they talk about making it the bully yeah, you know, got you. You know, giving it a name that this is something okay. you're struggling with and dealing with. There's, you know, some great books out there and things, in particular for kids uh, dealing with OCD, and that you know, give, okay. it, give it a name. At the time, we we're really into Harry Potter. You so know? yeah, it was Voldemort. Is Voldemort is that <laughs> okay? That works for the child. I don't think. Yeah, she, I don't think she's friendly. Right. Well, but, um, in, in the Voldemort scenario, what I what I used to always tell her was, you know, one of the the and I don't want to give away, you know, uh, <laughs> of, but I think it's past the point of that. Oh, but, you know, the whole point with Harry Potter was that he had the love of his mother that that Voldemort didn't have. And mm. so I used to tell my daughter, I said, you have love and that is your power mm -hmm. over this beast of OCD that doesn't have love. Gotcha. It's going to be your strength. That's what's going to get you through this. And 
I don't know. It was kind of, it seemed a little out there at the time, but I, I think in the yeah. reality, I think it did have a, it got a message through to her that yeah. was more powerful than, than the OCD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing those, those practical tips. And one, other, family, one other, one yeah. other thought is, uh, you know, when this happens, I know uh, Gina kind of brought up the point one time, you know, if you have cancer, if you have an illness, mm-hmm. friends come and flock to the door with food and with help and with yeah. all When you have a, a mental disorder like this, it mm-hmm. goes the opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's would, so important. I would suggest to, to people that have this situation is one is to educate friends and family about mm-hmm. it. Two is to ask. You know, yeah. you need help and find ways, you know, it, I don't know what ours would have been. I mean, if, if nothing else, I think it would be neat if we could have got her friends to write letters to her or, you, even you. Phone call okay. to her, you know, but they, they were just so, fr- and I, I'm not blaming them. Right. I, I just, yeah. Like, oh, For you're sure. busy with this, you're stressed out. We're not going to bother you. Yeah. Yeah. In reality, yeah. they should have been like, oh, we're here for you. We're going to do things. What if it's too much, you? then tell me to back off, you know, because yeah. Yeah, you're isolated as it is. And it, yeah. And, and I think yeah. that, I think that falls, it's not just about OCD. I think it's, yeah, with anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One and the reason I call my my podcast is the invisible wheelchair is mm-hmm. because you don't see it. it they, For sure, like, it's not like they have a, a you know a, some physical aspect where you can tell. Yeah. For sure. And so you don't know. Uh, for one, mm-hmm. if we would have taken her out, if we could have got her out, which we did, we at some points we would well, go yeah. out. Yeah, there was just you wouldn't time. really know it unless you could really perceive the stress in. Okay. It. But other than that, and so it's, I think that's the other point is friends don't see, they just don't understand it. And it's a big thing Mm -hmm. to educate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is so, I can't even stress how important that is. Um, And it's so real. Um, And I'm so glad that you brought that up because that was going to be my next question um, for, for family and friends who want to, who want to support, but maybe don't know how to support. Um, And you shared, you know, ways that they can support. Um, and you're open to sharing more if there are. Um, but I did want to, you kind of touched a little on some of the things maybe that you, um, that people, parents who deal with this situation are mm-hmm. are told. Um, okay. What What is the appropriate thing to say um, to someone who is, you know, has a child going through these things and what is not? Um, because I love raising awareness for what you should say and what you should not say um, was, was helpful to do um, and show your support um, and was not. Right. Well, I know for, for fathers is don't say calm down. <laughs> don't, say, okay. don't say get over it. <laughs> uh, you know, don't say you're so smart. Yeah. Think get, get past this, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and for family, you know, like I, well, the one person we had that was very supportive, my brother, even though he lived 600 miles away with his kids, um, my niece and my daughter were really close. Um, okay. When we set up at the time, I guess it was Skype. This has been eight yeah. years ago. They, you know, weekly Skype calls and they got on because okay. her, her, her immediate local friends, she wasn't able to go to Girl Scouts. She was really stuck. She got on there weekly with the cousin and I had my brother kind of explain to his kids what was going on with her. And um, they were very accepting. Right. And just knew she didn't want some asking a lot of questions, but just to help them. And when she acted in weird ways, you know, this is why. And that, I mean, that was a big connection that she had for the, when it was really tough that 
that really made a difference. Um, well, the, the other part of, of that, and that's part of like the, the goals of this is Mm-hmm. It gave her something to to ch- achieve because she couldn't, like uh, Gina was okay. saying, there was a point where she she got she got on the couch for about I don't know six months I guess not quite not, not quite. quite there was a but period of time where she, she lived on the couch yeah she couldn't touch <laughs> okay. she couldn't touch anything she couldn't okay. even, she couldn't even touch herself or us yeah her, her dog okay. her beloved dog and, and you she talk- would get up to go to the bathroom we would bring her her meals yeah. And, and, wow. and to, to think about it, as far as the parent goes, mm-hmm. when you have your daughter standing in front of you screaming or, and in pain and crying and you can't hug her and you can't say, yeah, it's okay, I'm right sure. here. That was, that mm-hmm. was the heartbreaking point for, for me. And yeah. so with the phone calls, she couldn't touch the computer. So it was a real goal for her to want to get on with her cousin. So she would really strive to do the things she needed to do to get there. Gotcha. She, cause I think, you know, I interviewed her on my podcast and okay. she, more recently. She's and I asked better. her, you know, what would you tell others? Okay. She said, have mm. something that you're passionate about that you want to get to, mm. to be a goal for you, to help drive you to do the things you need to do. Her dog was another one. Her dog was a big one that she, mm-hmm. she wanted to be able to touch and pet and hug her dog again, which she couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And so that was a driving force for her. And it, it was very important that animals to me mm-hmm. were, are, are just a real good therapy for, for the, mm-hmm. this. And I think any anxiety really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed. I want to just make another comment thinking about if your kid is showing signs you know, being fearful all of a sudden, especially if it's kind of a change, um, you know, to seek help early on, <laughs> because the sooner yeah. you address this, you know, that's if I, if I regret anything, it's that we didn't get help sooner. That I didn't pay attention to my friend okay. suffers from OCD to tune in. Yeah. And I was I was pregnant when she first started having weird fears. Like we went and got lunch at a fast food place and she was worried it was poisoned and she had never okay. seen like that before. And then she developed some separation anxiety. She's having trouble going okay. to over. She was young, but she had done this without any trouble before. And I thought it was because I was got you. And, okay. um, and well, to, to really pay attention to those signs and to start seeking help from professionals early on, because if you can address it early, you can prevent it from getting to the severe. Yeah. Form. Well, the For other sure. thing is finding a professional that understands OCD, right. understands ERP. Yeah. Because yeah. it makes it you, you, just a talk therapist, and, I, and I'm not downing them. They they have, yeah, uh, right, but in but in regard to OCD, to a specialist, it, do, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't work as well. Yeah. Somebody mm-hmm. that understands OCD knows that a lot of times talk doesn't work as well because it begins the looping, and so it oh, really okay okay yeah. I was on a um, it was um, I guess it was a Yahoo group. <laughs> it was a for parents of kids with OCD. And I don't know how many times that I heard about parents talking about taking their child to a psychiatrist, a therapist who really was not, you know, familiar enough with OCD, who didn't work with it, you know, regularly. Gotcha. And the therapy made things worse sometimes. Um, gotcha. You can't, talk, you can't talk them out of the, the the fears that they're having. So, yeah, you really need somebody who understands it, especially someone who's um, kind of has a specialty working with it. Um Cause it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to understand it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so important. Thank you so much again um, mm-hmm. for, for sharing all of this. And 
Um, you answered my next question. Um, I was going to ask, you know, how, how she's doing um, now, which I don't know if, you know, because you have your own podcast host, you're just amazing at this, um, and, you know, answering all the questions. Um, but I was going to ask how she's doing. So, you know, from what I gathered, you know, she's doing, you said she was yeah, doing she's better. She's 19. She um, okay. works with some local dog trainers. Um, okay, great. And she volunteered with uh, way back when she was, what, about 10? I don't know. She was young. She works for that person locally. She does work for my sister, who's a couple hours from us. Um, who has okay. a whole, whole, whole dog business. Right. So. And so wow. she's okay. she still has some things she avoids. Um, mm -hmm. And um, Well, I think you have to understand that OCD is not curable. It's not yeah. a curable disease. It's yeah. a manageable disease. Like any kind yeah, of that's important. Um, I mean, it's actually compared to some of the other mental disorders out there it's you can be in a better place with it i mean you can be okay. like our daughter i think is in a a good place i mean she has some issues okay. a little bit with some things but mm -hmm. it's it's very i think managed yeah and when we look back to where you know every time she's struggling we look back to where she was at and it's like okay you know, she <laughs> got her driver's license recently she's you know engaged in things she's got th things she's yeah. working on she's um yeah and, but it was, there was a time period when you didn't know if you'd ever get to that. Yeah. 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 Um, and I'm hoping that parents that may be in situations and they think we're never going to get past this, <laughs> that after listening to this episode, that they will be encouraged that, you know, although it isn't curable, it is manageable, um, you know, and there are resources out there um, to, to help you and people mm -hmm. that are willing to um, talk with you. Um, so speaking of that, um, can you share what you do with Focused Healthy Family um, and how people can stay connected with you? So the business we created is for helping families. Most of the time people are coming to us with a child with a behavior issue. But we center our practice around the whole family, you know, because you have professionals, yeah. a child, but there's really a whole family dynamic going on. That's so important. And a big part of what we do is um, we teach a parent communication workshop. So that's something we okay. do when we work with people one-on-one, -on -one, but we also run quarterly workshops um, because we all need to learn to communicate better. For and sure. For sure. Well, and, and it played, a, like I said, it played a huge role in changing how we, we approached our daughter, mm -hmm. the way I communicated with her. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I always say, you know, we, she'd come at me with this and I'd come at, and we just end up climbing the wall together. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And so if I kept myself at, and, and Gina too, I mean, kept ourselves at a, a calm place and communicated in a good responding way, mm -hmm. it didn't, hers didn't go up the roof. You right. know? She could still be angry okay. and flaring, but if we stayed here, you know, yeah. responded with that same kind of anger, you know, it didn't help. It was going to make things worse. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. It, the communication is, is a big part of what we do. There's other things we mm -hmm. do, but that's a big part of it. Mm hmm <laughs> being an eft practitioner oh well yeah i um okay i, I don't know if if you're familiar with but uh, it's emotional freedom techniques it's a t called tap a lot mm. of people know it as tapping uh, eft I've EFT. yeah and it's, okay yeah i've seen that before so i i've been trained in that and we used okay. it we used it with with my daughter we've used it for our family and now I went into practice for a long time uh, okay. doing that. And then, like I said, within the last about year and a half, I guess, Gina started working her, working in 
So as, as part of the, when we work with families and when you work with people individually, you know, you got to deal with your own stuff. If you're going to help your child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> emotional component. You know, a lot of times mm -hmm. parents don't realize when they're coming to us, the child's all stressed out. It's like, okay, we got to help you. Yeah, everybody's stressed. Please fix my child. No, no. Fix everyone. Let's look at what's going on for you, too. Yeah, that is so important. We have so important. Right for our business. Um, yeah, it's focushealthyfamily.com. Okay, great. And are you on social media? Yes. yes. Same, okay. Under the same name. Focus um, Healthy Family. I also have the uh, invisiblewheelchair.com, which is my podcast about OCD and anxiety and behavior issues um, that uh, it's been about three years I've had it. Okay. And I have interviews on there with doctors, therapists. I have interviews okay, with great. people that suffer with OCD. Mm -hmm. um, well, and I interviewed Gina, I interviewed uh, my daughter. Mm -hmm. um, and we, we didn't really mention, but our, our second child, our, our youngest child, child youngest also child has gone has gone through some of this not not as in the severity okay. of our first one but you know coming yeah. from a place of <laughs> when she, she was about one of going through all the violence and the just the so, yeah, that we so, went through yeah so it was kind of like okay we dealt with this once we thought we were addressing it early with her but it looked a little differently she was a lot younger so it was okay mm -hmm. um so yeah it unfortunately it can you know be common in families um Okay. Um, and, you know, it wasn't like we were all perfect and knew exactly what to do. We still had a, a yeah. that we had to go through with her and she still got a little bit more issues with it. But so it's kind of an ongoing because it changes, you know, it's not the kind of thing like, okay, it's all better now. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of gets a, a twitch in your eye after a while. You know, like, <laughs> have to go do this again, you know. <laughs> I'm sure. But wow, I, I really admire how. Um, how you all just coped and adapted. I mean, I know it wasn't easy, um, but the, even the fact that you're sharing now um, and using your experience, um, like you didn't um, like criticize your daughter or, you know, blame her for the things that were happening. And I just think that's so commendable because there are so many other directions that this experience could have gone in. So I really admire you too um, as parents um, and thank you so much for being willing to share your journey and everything that you're doing with Focused Healthy Family and the Invisible Wheelchair. I think just raising awareness on this topic is so, so important. Um, I have learned some new things um, through this episode that I didn't know about um, OCD and anxiety um, issues. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you to everyone for tuning in. I will have all of their information in the episode description so that you can take advantage of that and stay connected with them. Please share this episode. Um, if you know someone that is experiencing this um, or just with someone that may, may be interested in the topic because you never know who around you, you know, speaking of the invisible wheelchair, you never know who is dealing with any sort of um, mental issue. So even if um, this, per this episode didn't particularly resonate with the personal experience that you have had, um, use this as a, a push to check on a loved one or a friend or maybe someone that you have noticed a behavioral change in. Um, or just a regular check-in. Um, use this as that opportunity um, just to check on them, just in case they're dealing with something that you can't physically see. So thank you again, Don and Gina, for sharing. Well, thank you. We thank really you. Thank appreciate you for it. your podcast and bringing awareness yeah. to different issues. I've listened to some of your other podcasts, and it's great. This 
especially when it comes to mental health issues, there really needs to be more awareness and understanding. So thank you. Thanks. For sure. Thank you so much. And again, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Please make sure that you connect with Don and Gina on social media. Did you enjoy this episode? If you haven't already, subscribe on your favorite listening platform and our new YouTube channel with video interviews premiering in season three. I'd also love for you to continue the conversation with those around you. One way you can do that is by purchasing MSE Podcasts Conversation Starters Deck, available for purchase at bygracenp.com. Be sure to leave a review on one of MSE's listening platforms, share with a friend, and join the My Sentiments Exactly podcast community on social media at MSE Podcast. The podcast is available for listening on all major streaming platforms by gracenp.com and YouTube now. Hope to hear from you soon.